0: grumpy old geeks a weekly talk show hosted by brian and jason discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame let's get started jason. hey brian how's it going oh it's going well i've got the uh tree up i've got presents wrapped uh it's the season for giving, isn't it oh it is give away unless of course <laughs> uh you happen to be oprah
1: well um. She should be the biggest giver. Doesn't she always give away cars and houses? and Yeah, (laughs) she
0: seems to give things away when it's good for ratings, but apparently she suffers from Lena Dunham slash Amanda Palmer disease. Uh, She's got this big tour called The Life You Want, which apparently is charging $999 a ticket if you'd like to attend. Uh, And Oprah's minions are reaching out to local performers in all the areas and asking them to come out and perform, which is lovely, except they don't want to pay them.
1: Yeah, yeah. And to be clear, it's up to $999 for the tickets. There are a range of prices, but yes, the, the high-end front row <laughs> Oprah will spit on you during the, uh, the the talk seats are $999. And yeah, it's an interesting story. I, I read through it. And uh, it's an open letter from this girl Revolva who does hula hoop dancing,
0: yeah. basically. Mm-hmm.
1: And I've, pretty, I've actually
0: seen, I, I don't know if it was her specifically or another group of them, but uh, they've been at Coachella before performing, which they were paid for.
1: Okay, yeah, I mean, well, this girl's up in San Francisco and everybody, every chick in San Francisco has a fucking hula hoop. It's <laughs> Uh, but she's pretty good. I watched her video. She actually knows what she's doing. And she puts on a good show. So I would, I think she should get paid to perform. And so does she. <laughs> so
0: yes, yes, and I, uh, yeah, it just seems to be. I, I don't understand how this can keep happening, considering there's public outcry every single time it does, and it does. Uh, strangely enough, this is almost always a a female performer that is doing this. I have not heard stories of male performers doing this, asking people to come out and perform for free. Uh, maybe this is some sort of a hey, we're all going to all lift each other up, right? While screwing
1: each other. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't put too much uh, <laughs> too much into that. Dudes are just like, fuck you, I'm not going it, to. It, it's chicks that write the open letters and complain about it. Uh, but I think the true. dudes are just like, yeah, fuck you, I'm not going to come out and yeah, perform for we nothing. Just, we just <laughs> then say we no. go back and watch TV, yeah. <laughs> like, Okay, that's done. Yeah. Um You know, and I am highly dubious that Oprah had any hand in in this decision whatsoever. Oh, of course not. I I mean, she's got
0: layers upon layers upon layers of people below her that are handling this and running the tour. So, you know, it was just a, it's good business, as we'll talk about a lot. It's just business. (laughs) It's just business. (laughs) You know, you're going to be promoting yourself. A whole group of people that had never seen you before are going to see you. So why should we pay you to come out and perform? Because we've got the power and we've got the money.
1: Do you know how many movie websites were built on that same principle? We yeah. paid peanuts, and everybody <laughs> signed up for them, thinking they're going to get their exposure. And uh, we we ruined half of Hollywood <laughs> by doing that. Seriously, we we shut down so many design shops by just getting cheap websites done.
0: Well, because, yeah,
1: because it's exposure.
0: And the same thing through the music industry. And, and you know, I I personally have survived a couple waves of that happening, and and it's happening again this time around. It's a, uh, you know, if you're a high profile music client, uh, somebody a design shop is basically going to take you on for free and give you a half assed website to put their name on it. Indeed, and get the supposed promotion that actually never really happens. Ever, it never comes no, out. It, it never really <laughs> works. You can do something for free for someone high profile. That does not mean you you will never get a job from it.
1: No, I I've been victim of it myself. I've given my services away to a ton of people, and you know, just gotten crapped all over because. The next time they're like, oh, well, we're going to hire somebody else to do it, to do the next version, yeah. because, you know, we don't like a few things that you did. I'm like, well, why don't you just tell me about that? And I could have fixed it instead of going and giving somebody else the bag of money that you fucking owe me. <laughs> but nope, that's how it works, because, nope. you know, if you don't set your prices at the outset of the interaction, they're going to walk all over you because they see you as cheap labor always. And you can't beat that dynamic. You cannot go back and work your way up the ladder. No. Trust, trust me on this one, people. I know. So set your price at a fair rate out of the gate or don't do the job.
0: Very true. So anyway, screw Oprah. Whatever. She's got her <laughs> bag of money. And uh, she's screwing uh, young women that like to hula hoop.
1: Um, oh, by, wait, wait by the way, who's on the cover of Oprah magazine this month? Oh, God. Is it Oprah? I don't
0: know. Actually, you know what? We can actually play a better <laughs> game with that one. Is it fat Oprah or thin Oprah? Ooh, that's mean uh, but it's also true i mean she vacillates on the cover of that magazine way more than in real life that's true <laughs> <laughs> who's running the filters this
1: week that's uh <laughs>
0: exactly which photoshop filter was used this week um anyways moving, moving on on. <laughs> but speaking this is directly related to pop culture of which oprah is uh we've talked a lot about plugging uh getting out plugging out from just taking a fucking break and and moving away from everything there was a really good article in Salon that resonated with me this week. A uh, link will be in the show notes. It's by a guy named Benjamin Hart. Uh, the Tyranny of Pop Culture must. How I Learned to Love Being Out of the Loop. This one specifically for me has been about, a, I mean, the the, the sub-headline is Serial. Never heard it. That's me. I have not listened to an episode of Serial. Everybody in the fucking world is listening to Serial. And because people know that I do a podcast, that is the number one question out of everyone's mouth. Have you, have you been listening to Serial? And I'm just, no. <laughs> No, I have not. And this entire article is just about you know, I, pop culture is everywhere; it's all over the place. I don't like it. I don't want to watch it.
1: See, I, I read this article and I thought it was contrarian, hipster dribble. But you know, <laughs> it's that, that's just my point of view because people, people, you know, they vacillate; they go back and forth. With, because I guarantee the things that he had, he does actually like, he'll talk about. But you know, it's just because he does he just doesn't want to be part of the cool crowd, you know, or just the the not yeah. not the he wants to be part of the cool crowd, but he's in the, you know, ah, I'm too cool for that. I can't can't be bothered. Game of game of what? I know I don't watch TV. There,
0: Forget there, you guys. There is a little bit of that. Oh, I don't have a TV aspect to this, yes. And, and he did lose me on not being into Star Wars. I mean, that's just
1: wrong. Yeah, that's a weird one. That is a weird one. <laughs> yeah. I, I see it a lot though. I mean, there's there's like a, a like a slice of the population that has never seen Star Wars, never wants to see Star Wars. And I just don't I don't get it. I mean the fact that it It is so beloved by so many people, you'd think that they'd want to at least find out what's going on. But that just comes back to I'm just being a contrarian to be a contrarian.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I understand if you were raised a bit, if you're a bit younger than us and, and your first introduction to Star Wars is the Jar Jar Binks abomination. I could get not, <laughs> not wanting to go back and see anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he doesn't know about Jar Jar Binks because he's never seen it. So that that's not an argument. I, I, I bet he's homeschooled. His homeschooled people are weird. <laughs> that they are okay moving on from the contrarian hipster but you know i i honestly but actually before we go uh just a quick note on serial it is over mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh it ended exactly like i said it was
0: did it did it really <laughs> end because i did not see an online explosion of disappointment in fact i didn't see an online anything so it must have been one of those
1: eh. it was yes it was the meh of of the uh, the tweets. I saw it or I listened to it that morning. I got up early and I played it and listened to it and then instantly opened Twitter and just watched the reaction from the same people who got up early. And it's mostly podcasters that I saw. And and honestly when you say everybody's listening to it, it's like 5 million people, which is not
0: uh, uh, hey, you know. These days that is pop culture phenomena levels. I mean, the albums don't sell that many copies anymore. They don't even stream that many copies anymore. That that's yeah. a
1: Five million is a big deal these days, it's, but it's like half the demo of one episode of The Walking Dead. You right. Know?
0: Well, Walking Dead took years to get to that level, though.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So, uh, speaking of taking years, is there going to be a serial two?
1: Yes, they oh. they raised enough money through crowdfunding mm-hmm. to to get a second season. They don't know what the story is going to be or when it's going to come out, but there will be another season. All right. And it's it's a different story, so we're, okay. I don't know if we're ever going to find out what happened to the guy in in the first
0: well that is the problem when you base your stuff on real life because real life is messy and not wrapped up in nice little bows indeed um so if you were a celebrity on instagram this week you might have lost a couple gazillion followers
1: oh my god this is so funny this is so funny Uh, there's
0: going to be some social media managers that are probably going to be getting yelled at a lot today
1: but it's nobody's fault these were spam accounts that got deleted That you know, I mean, granted, there were millions upon millions of them. No, let's let's
0: let's give some real stats. Rihanna lost 1.2 million followers. Kim Kardashian lost 1.3 million followers, and Oprah lost quite a lot as well.
1: (laughs) Okay, do you know how many followers the Instagram uh, account lost? How many? 14 million. (laughs) So, but I I mean, the, the funny story that came out is like you know, these rappers got butt hurt and then quit like dude grow the fuck up (laughs) i know
0: it's just social media give me a break yeah
1: Um, and these are the these are the people that were paying for follows anyway more than likely yeah but again uh, this comes down
0: to kind of the way this all works is there was some social media guy that was getting paid a decent amount of money by these celebrities to keep up their accounts and keep the things going and i'm sure they didn't mention that they were paying for followers on the side so like i said somebody's getting fired today yep (laughs) good Honestly, good. I know, good because those are the kind of this is bullshit. Those are the kind of people that have
1: basically devalued our work. Yeah, they shit on our industry. So fuck exactly. them. exactly, screw them. The hell with hand, them. Hand handle it, Christmas, you rat bastards. <laughs> but you have a you you put a link in here to a Microsoft blog post that I I, I had no no idea about this, I this. was happening, and it's it was on TechCrunch, and they posted like the best worst corporate blog post of all time. And I read it this morning, and I was I was in tears. I was laughing so hard. I this, this is yeah. one of the best things ever. I wasn't sure
0: where to put it in our show notes, and I ended up just dropping it in the intro because it's just too funny. Um, everybody needs a little bit of cheer this time of year, so uh, I highly recommend that everyone go to our show notes. Uh, what you know, pour yourself a nice little eggnog, heavy on the rum or the brandy, your choice, and uh, read through this because it is hilarious. Um, I've never understood why corporations do this kind of like blog thing, anyways, where they convince their employers or employees to go ahead and post to keep everybody up to date about what they're up to and show the world what a wonderful company this is. Uh but they do it and uh this post did not get vetted apparently and it is hilarious. Uh highly worth reading. They took it down but the entire thing is up on the TechCrunch article. It's very funny.
1: Yeah, and super props to uh Alex Wilhelm who wrote the TechCrunch article because his commentary is <laughs> almost as funny as the actual blog post.
0: <laughs> so Yes it is. Well worth reading, very funny stuff. Yeah, no, so
1: that is our holiday cheer for the day, because <laughs> the rest of the rest of this is not going to be very cheerful. Yeah, we're about to take a turn for the worse. I, although I think it's going to be funnier than that, but we'll see.
0: It depends on if you really enjoy the fact that Sony is a bunch of fucking
1: idiots. Comment of the Week. Our Comment of the Week comes from Heidi, who uh, is a woman after my own heart. She writes... Popcorn absolutely smells like feet. I've been saying it for years, and I'm glad to finally found someone who agrees with me. Well, Heidi, so am I, (laughs) because (laughs) I do sincerely believe that popcorn smells like sweaty
0: feet. Well, that's two of you out there. (laughs) Now, Doritos. Doritos smell like dirty socks. I'll I'll, I'll go in on that one. (laughs) Okay, but they are delicious. They are. They are delicious. Doritos popcorn.
1: So if you would like to send us a comment or ask us a question, just head on over to grumpyoldgeeks.com and click the ask a geek button or you can use the speak pipe widget in the sidebar to send us a vocal question. Nobody's done that yet, so there should be a prize for the first person I think to actually send us an audio <laughs> question because otherwise I'm going to take the damn thing down. <laughs> I was
0: about to say it might be time to to remove that in 2015. Oh, and by the way, if you're out there and you want to make a comment, uh, just agree with Jason and 100% for sure it's going to get read.
1: Absolutely. In the news.
0: An article from the Washington Post leapt out at me. We're grumpy old geeks. We've been working in the web for over 20 years. We've seen it all. So I see an article titled From Lycos to Ask Jeeves to Facebook, tracking the 20 most popular websites every year since 1996. And I was like, Holy crap! This is perfect for us. And then I tried to read it. And it was so boring.
1: It is ridiculously boring. I was just like, as soon as you put it in, I'm like, do we really got to talk about this? But uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was making, <laughs> it was making the rounds, and it is just a bunch of corporate websites that kind of moved up and down over the years.
0: Yeah, but, it's not even a great visualization. I mean, they could have no, done it's such a better job with this.
1: No, I mean, this is confusing as shit. Yeah. It's, it's a terrible visualization. I just think it's funny that from 96 to 2002, AOL was number one. (laughs) Oh, and the fact that Yahoo was number one in 2013. Yeah, that was pretty
0: crazy. I mean, I figured it must be related to Flickr somehow, just in sheer traffic numbers, but who knows?
1: Who knows? Who cares? (laughs) Well, let's let's get to some good stuff, like Slate's article on the year of outrage. (laughs) This was a good visualization.
0: Yes, they did an amazing job with this. This is absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah, basically every day of the year, they, it's, a, it's a giant calendar, and they've got just all of the outrage for everything this year. What people and, were
0: pissed off about on every
1: day of the year. And, and the great part is, like, they have an outrage meter at the bottom of this. I, I, I tweeted to Jordan Cooper. I'm like, these guys are stealing your shtick, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's an outrage meter at the bottom of this thing where you can vote in real time, and, and most of them are, <laughs> people are just like, nah, it's... <laughs> It, it well, it either goes either like completely outrageous or completely overblown. There's very few middle of the road ones on this.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, because it basically breaks down to: was it real news or was it a slow news day full of bullshit?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's so, that's what it comes down to. So, so people are obviously outraged about Joe the Plumber writing an open letter to the families of the UCSB shooting victims, saying your dead kids don't trump my constitutional rights. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, Joe the Plumber, go die in a fire. <laughs> But I love I the visuals on that. They did a really good job.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's quite amusing content as well. So this is the perfect intersection of good design and good content.
1: Yes. Look at and that.
0: S- something not on the internet much anymore.
1: Ooh, <laughs> doggy. <laughs> now, here, here's something that wasn't on the internet, but kind of was. But, uh, and goes back to the outrage. The people who uh, bought boxes of shit from Cards Against Humanity were actually surprised when they received boxes of shit.
0: First off, Cards Against Humanity is one of the most fun pl- games to play in the world, as long as it isn't with your family or your parents. Um, secondly, uh, I've railed many, many times on this podcast about truth in advertising. They told you what it was. You're an idiot. Yeah.
1: And I, I, I've, sadly, I've never played Cards Against Humanity. Oh,
0: my God. So fun.
1: Yeah, I don't have any friends, so it's kind of hard. I can't play with myself.
0: Oh, well, well, that okay. came, that came <laughs> out wrong. <laughs> I auto blow too. Let's, let us
1: not forget. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just not forget
0: um, um, no cards Against yes, humanity is a lot of fun it's it's uh usually if I go back to Toronto for Christmas, which I'm unfortunately not doing this year, it's actually a, a bit of a tradition that I have with some of our friends there. We get together on Christmas Day we go to the dog's bullocks where they give uh they sell pints pints of vodka tonics and
1: uh, we play cards against humanity oh that sounds awesome <laughs> I, I I went past that place and I've never been in so I want to go back to Toronto just to go to that bar It's a good bar it's fun times. So the, just the follow-up on this, everybody was outraged. How could you, you know, earn $180,000 off boxes of bullshit? And they just came back and said, hey, look, these boxes cost, a, cost, they cost us $5.80 to produce. After mailing and everything, we, we netted $6,000, and we donated the proceeds to Hyper International. So,
0: Well, first off, I don't think that they should have had to do that. It's a, we are in a capitalist society. Buyer beware. Uh, they said what it was. And secondly, you know, shit's not free.
1: no it's not it apparently costs five dollars (laughs) and eighty cents but i thought these guys are a good crew i like i said i haven't played the game but still i i I give them props for just being awesome
0: well you might be getting a you might be getting the card set not the box of shit for christmas from from me then because uh, you gotta play it (laughs) i'd love to
1: my brother's a huge fan too. He's got uh, <laughs> stacks and stacks of those things around. Yeah. Uh, now, here's an interesting one mm-hmm. Facebook is going to start auto enhancing your photos because algorithms are better at filters than you are. True. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the you behind this, what if you want it, to
0: post something that's a little bit dark and murky? What if, if I don't want it auto enhanced?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's just <laughs> them taking the, the, the choice out. Yeah. which Facebook apparently is, that's their thing. They just want to take the choice out of everything. What you read, now what you see, you know, and they're trying to, uh, what is it, stop filter fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me a fucking break. I mean, seriously, if, if, here's the deal. If you're just going to start doing everything for us, then just start writing shit and sending it to me. Just make shit up. I don't care.
0: Well, nope, that's the goal, right? Probably. It does seem to be a, a weird cross purpose considering they own Instagram and Instagram's claim to fame is their filters and letting you put that stuff
1: on it. So, yeah, and, they, and Instagram just released five new filters. Woohoo! World rejoice. We've stopped world hunger. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. Next, next up is a really good one. This one makes me happy. There's this company called Magic Leap that nobody has any idea what they do. Okay. Augmented <laughs> reality yeah it's a, it's an augmented it's an AR company that has 542 million dollars in funding and apparently you just have to be in the know to actually see a demo and know what it does but they have hired Neil Stevenson okay which he is their he is their chief futurist okay now if you have to hire some if you, well here if you're an augmented reality company and you need to hire somebody to, to come up with good ideas on how to use your product <laughs> you cannot get better than neil stevenson the motherfucker wrote snow crash which is the greatest book about you know uh augmented reality vr uh virtual worlds the whole nine yards this is the guy to have that's true so hopefully what if they ever release it it's going to be amazing i am looking forward to uh getting my katanas on and and riding around in the multiverse or whatever they called it (laughs) well you gotta
0: you gotta keep in mind though that 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 book was from neil stevenson quite a long time ago if this is anything based on current neil stevenson uh all they're going to come up with is some swordplay application and with any luck they'll make an augmented reality version of neil stevenson that goes and writes good books again
1: i like his books.
0: i the new the last ones oh my god no Uh well, I liked or Okay, okay, I that one was fine, but the you know that was whole...
1: his la- that was his latest book. Okay, that was his latest, I,
0: but he had I, that huge series, that ten thousand page tomes of of who God knows what was going on.
1: It was the Baroque Cycle. Yeah. I read it. I read them all. I loved them. Okay. I mean, I I know more about that shit than I ever wanted to. <laughs> um, but I mean, God, you still got it. You got to give him props for Kryptonomicon. My um, oh. my favorite, my favorite, my favorite, favorite again, authors. Yeah, and and The Diamond Age, which I still think is the best book he wrote.
0: I agree, actually. I, as much as I love Snow Crash, Diamond Age is my favorite.
1: Yeah, hands down. Runcible. Runcible. <laughs> um, so here's, here's a fun one. This this came from GigaOM. Uh, external traffic to Spanish, Spanish news sites plummets after Google moved. <laughs> well, you know, Spanish news organization said, hey, we don't want to be in Google News anymore. You guys are ripping us off. Yep. And then Google's like, Okay, let's see how this works. And they took him out, and their traffic went straight in the shitter. Shocking.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate. I'm, and I back companies that want to, you know, say screw you to these big players, but uh that you gotta know what the consequences are gonna be. Seriously, don't fight the hand, don't, don't bite the hand don't, that beats don't, you. <laughs> don't fight, don't bite the hand that keeps you barely starving in a corner.
1: Yeah, no doubt. It's like <laughs> okay. Now you, yeah. I just say, oopsie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Good times.
1: Uh, th- did you see this uh, article on Fortune that, uh, it was basically a Q&A with Evan Williams mm-hmm. on Medium? Yeah, on Medium, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and he's, it, he kind of really, really skirted the monetization side of things.
0: As, well, shocking.
1: Yeah. We don't want and, those
0: numbers coming out.
1: No, and they're still pretty small. It, it's one of those things, where it's like, we think everybody's talking about Serial. We think everybody's posting on Medium. And no, it's just our, it's our little sphere, our little echo chamber. They've got like 9 million uniques a month to the site, which isn't very many right. uh, at all for something that big. Well, that small. <laughs> but um, he didn't talk really about any ways that they're going to give back to the people who are not already paid authors that they pay to put content on their site, Yeah, which is, which is my whole... My whole problem with them, if you're not going to pay back the people who are posting things onto your platform, then what's the point?
0: Well, I mean, that's LinkedIn as well, which is trying to pivot to a place where people are, are blogging, but not getting paid for it. So it makes no sense to me.
1: No, I've never, never understood it. Even even with Blogger back in the day, you could put Google ads on it. Yeah. You know, once Google bought them, you could put Google ads on it, at least monetize your blog in some way, shape or form. But yeah. here, no,
0: no go. You can get a couple pennies for a thousands upon thousands of views.
1: Does anybody use Google AdSense anymore?
0: Uh, you know, I I told you I was doing that experiment with a site where I I tried it out. I've made cents uh, point 02 cents from
1: Google Ads. Wow. <laughs> I used to make I used to make thousands of dollars a month from them, and I, now
0: no, uh, those, they they don't even pay anywhere near that much anymore.
1: No. It's well, a complete I mean, waste. Well, because we all run ad blockers.
0: Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we we know the advertising model doesn't work. So no. good times.
1: <laughs> Bring on native advertising.
0: Yeah. So you found an article. Uh, the Warner Music CEO has uh, written his own. In- I don't know. If, was it internal and it got out? Or was this out to everyone? I, I, I'm i not entirely sure what this email was. But uh, Stephen Cooper has basically said in, in a corporate email that uh, we love the streaming model because it's about all the only way we get paid for it anymore. But nobody's paying for it, so as long as everybody starts to pay for it, then that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, and this wasn't a leaked email or anything. This was a transcript from the Warner Brothers earnings call. Ah,
0: there you go. Okay. So even
1: though they're a private company, or Warner Music Group earnings call, yeah. so even though they're a private company, they still do the earnings calls for the big investors. Mm-hmm. So all all the comments in here are from that. And yeah, he's like, yeah, we it's good for us. We just need more people to pay for it. We don't like the freebies. We don't like the ones where they listen for free and get ads, because yeah. they don't make nearly as much. And they want these services to start converting more people to paid accounts, obviously, yeah. and then they get paid. So they, they're they're actually seeing it as a as a decent price point for them, which is interesting. Well, if granted, it still doesn't get back down to the artist, but for the label, it's <laughs> a- <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean that's that's the, always the trickle down theory, right? So if if the label starts to get enough, then they'll trickle it down to the artist. Um, you know, it's uh, the, I when Spotify first came out, they basically used to say, you know, there's a magic number if we get enough subscribers this will all turn around and everything will really go. But the reality is most people just aren't going to the freemium model. Most people are quite happy to just stay free and take a few ads here and there.
1: Yeah. Honestly, Spotify should start giving away if they're going to do the free version, Mm -hmm. give them, give them a truncated catalog. I only, yeah, only give them half an album. You know, that, that is the, That's the impetus to get them to sign up, given away the whole fucking show.
0: That that was a no brainer. I've never understood why they didn't do that. From from launch, some of these one of these services has to do that. That's how you'll actually convert people. But the problem is you can't launch a service that does that when all the other services don't because nobody's going
1: to sign up with yours. But yeah, that's the problem. All of them have to get on the same page, which then you run into problems of collusion. Yeah, and it it gets to be a, gets to be a problem. <laughs> but yeah, if everybody only gave away, or well, hey, how about the labels say you can have the free service, but we're only going to you know license half the catalog for the for the free version. Mm-hmm. The the labels could get together and do that. Also collusion, but that's nothing new for the fucking music labels. So. Yeah. You know, there's only three of them left. They can figure that out. Or to be, I mean, I would make, yeah, I
0: would totally make it either a label and or an artist choice. I personally think the choice should go to the artist. The artist should be able to say, all right, put up four of these twelve tracks as freebies. Yeah, that would that uh, would and make I, sense. I want the other ones to only be available if I'm getting paid directly.
1: Yes, as somebody who actually pays for, you know, his service, I I have no problem with that. Yeah exactly um and i i do believe if, if memory serves i don't have it in front of me but i think mm-hmm. the spotify number for the tipping point is 40 million i think and they're so. there i think they're 12.5 now
0: yeah so a they've long got way a to long
1: go. road to go. yeah they've got a more than double double and a half and again we, you're you're got.
0: and they're hacking down their potential uh pay base anyways by offering family plans and all that sort of stuff so yeah
1: yeah but um on on the call, I think what he was talking about mainly that he was really happy about is that YouTube has finally started a subscription service instead of posting everybody's entire albums <laughs> and shit for free. So, yeah, it's we'll, s- move. we'll see move. how
0: well that works out. But
1: yeah, and I, I mean, I know we've talked about this ad nauseum on the show, but it, we still don't have a trickle down to the artists, No, which which really needs to be a, a change. But I think if. You know, if the economics work out and the labels can finally get their pound of flesh out of it, then the artists will probably start to see more. So if the labels are pushing these guys to really push subscriptions, paid subscriptions, I think I think that's a plus for the artists. Oh, I agree.
0: So, I agree 100 uh, percent. You know, we'll we'll see what actually happens.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, the next story really makes me sad that we still don't have the the segment. Are you shitting me? <laughs> Facebook actually has says it's dropped the term "users" and uh, they have an empathy team, and we're calling people people. Uh. (laughs) I just i i i i I think even "Are you shitting me?" is is too weak for this. This is like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah, um, I've got no problem with
0: the switch from users to people. I've been doing that internally, internally. I'm starting to. I'm so going into corporate speak already. Um, I've, just, I've been doing that for quite a while where I've stopped calling site visitors. I'm just like, you have 10,000 people coming a month, all that sort of stuff. Um, using, you know, the term visitor or user just does seem a little bit weird, but the empathy team is, is something that makes me want to puke.
1: I know. I know. I mean, back at JPEG magazine, we had a very empathetic, uh, co-founder and he was always like, no, they're all people. We love them. they are, there are friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he got fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean this is okay users was a step up from what we used to call people which were eyeballs we used to say eyeballs now we've got then we moved to users and now we're going to people Yeah. In, in this fucking kumbaya hug i'm like no this is business they're fucking eyeballs let's go back to eyeballs eyeballs
0: yeah i like eyeballs too but then that you could say there's two for every person actually that drives your numbers up and makes you look better
1: exactly i want uh-huh. to i want to I forget uniques i want to go back to hits. hits i want to have i want to have a page with 6000 gifts on it and <laughs> they're gifts not gifs uh and say oh look we've had 400 million hits today
0: <laughs> yet we've made that's, no income from google ads interesting
1: yes that's how we but that's how we used to sell it we yeah. had uh, on on the star trek site the first day we launched we had 10 million hits and ten million hits was probably about uh, two hundred thousand people because everything was sliced up and diced up into little three, oh, yeah. three by four gifts. I remember the days. Uh, yes, I, I miss those days. Me too.
0: Uh, but let's talk about a company that could use an empathy team. This is <laughs> here. Here we go again. Here comes the Uber segment. It'll be a quick one. Just a couple news stories here. First off, a, a Uber driver in Boston is being charged with rape. <clears throat> yeah regulations just saying uh secondly uh
1: sydney the hostage crisis before before we run off the the rape side Mm -hmm. um do we have any numbers on taxi drivers that have been charged with rape this year no i would like to see those numbers well
0: let me google it just just let's let's play some songs hold on taxi drivers charged with Oh, Uber comes up, Uber comes up, Uber comes up, <laughs> Uber comes up, Uber comes up, Uber banned in Delhi after taxi driver accused of rape, another Uber driver. Um, Uber, 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 Delhi, Boston, oh, well, one in Fort Lauderdale, regular cabbie. Okay, point Schulmeister. <laughs> All right, so number two, Sydney hostage scene. Uber turned on surge pricing for people who were fleeing the Sydney hostage scene. Now, first off, my initial thought, I actually went with Uber on this one, I was like, oh, it's probably just the algorithm I saw a lot of people trying to get it, whatever. Um, And le- and here's the quote from Gawker. And lest you think this was the fault of an insensitive algorithm that detected high demand, the company tweeted that it was aware of the attack and had
1: raised prices for the fleeing people's own good. Yeah, see, this is where logic fails. <laughs> uh, because the logic behind Uber's surge pricing is to get more drivers into the area faster. Yeah. That's the whole, that's, that's their... Their twisted ass yes like ayn rand logic to yeah, get well, it. well that's it. exactly <laughs> what it is it's ayn rand logic <laughs> and yes uh and it also can be an insensitive piece of shit what uber should have done is say any available driver get over there and we will pay all the fares yes. if they wanted if they wanted to instill goodwill into the people of sydney australia that's exactly what they should have done. and Because they, they had that in their power.
0: And Uber was later, later did offer free rides in the area and refunds to anyone who paid the surge fees, but it took being shamed publicly before they did so.
1: Yeah, yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah,
0: no, it, <laughs> do, doesn't no, it fucking doesn't, which is why they need an empathy team because that doesn't fucking count, assholes. Nope. <laughs> Anyways, and the final article I'm not even going to talk about. I think it's just an interesting read. Uh, I, another journalist went ahead and tried to be an uber driver and wrote about it so
1: eh, yeah fine. that was that actually wasn't a very good article
0: <laughs> no so let's just leave it at the they wanted the terrorists to kill people and charge people money to get away from them
1: okay i think we might have to change the title of the show to point schulmeister begrudgingly <laughs>
0: <laughs> finally I, after all these horrible uber stories i finally get a fucking point it took a goddamn terrorist attack <laughs> jesus what the hell's wrong with you people
1: Security. Ha.
0: There's absolutely no re- way we can not talk about Sony because I actually personally think this is a massive watershed event um, that is going to have longstanding implications for years and years and years to come. Started with a little hack and here we are with a stupid stoner movie being pulled and basically we have given in to the terrorists.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this, this is, this is a definitely a watershed moment because mm-hmm. it is the first, like, serious hack on American soil, even though it's Japanese. Well, hold but on. Now, Sony, let, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Let's hold on a second because I, where are all these servers physically located? Have, that has not come out in the news yet. We do not necessarily know this is American soil. We don't know where these servers were.
1: Yeah, they were at Sony. They were we physically we,
0: on the location. Every single one of them. All the information was on location in the United States at Sony's offices.
1: This came off the Sony a lot, yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> that we know. Okay. There is there is not much else we know because <laughs> nobody is saying a damn thing. It's all unnamed government sources. It's all supposition mm-hmm. and it's all hearsay. Right now, yeah. <laughs> the let's start with the basics. Okay. okay? nobody knows who did this well nobody yeah there's the the north korean shit that's being passed around is unsubstantiated
0: that's right and then sony well the u.s government was coming out saying they think it was the north koreans and then sony is coming out and saying they
1: think it was an inside job (laughs) here's the thing the reason that the government is involved in this and saving face for sony is the fact that they are a massive american company in in like w- that employs a bunch of americans and has a substantial impact on the gdp they're trying to save they're trying to save sony pictures that's I, what they're trying to do they're trying to like displace blame for this hack and put it somewhere where it can be offset that it wasn't it wasn't anybody's fault is what they're eventually going to try and come out as until they catch somebody right now is it an inside job? Most likely, because the time that it would take to map those systems, being an outside hacker mm-hmm. and figure out the, the network topology, that, that would take months and months of just digging through and rooting other systems. It, it's, it's a Herculean effort to do this from the outside, period. Right. Mm-hmm. Every, every security person agrees with, agrees with that. Right. And as far as the North Korean connection, nobody believes it in the security side. Even Kevin Mitnick doesn't even believe it. And, you know, shit, if I'm going to believe somebody, I'm going to believe Kevin.
0: Well, um, yeah. Uh, well, first off, even just the North Koreans being able to do that hack, kind of a, not believable. Secondly, the threat to bomb movie theaters across the U.S. that show the movie, there's no way North Korea has the capabilities to do that. I'm sorry, they don't.
1: They- yeah, That. well, that's, you know, the, the whole quote-unquote 9-11-style terrorist threat. That has been thrown around in the news. And it is utter, just, it, it's bullshit. But
0: it, it worked, and that's the sad part about all of this, is that it, it worked. It, we gave in to the terrorists. Salman Rushdie didn't give in to the terrorists. The fucking Dutch newspapers that printed the cartoons didn't give in to the fucking terrorists.
1: We did. I want to I I say something about this, too. Because what people are forgetting are the fact that the theaters the theater chains are the first people to pull the movie. It wasn't Sony. Sony was not the first one to pull it. It was the theater chains. Yes. Because they would have been liable. Yeah. Yes. And what, what Sony did by pulling the movie is save face for the theater chains. Everybody here is backing everybody else up. So there's no splash damage along the way. But what they what by Sony doing this, it set a very fucking dangerous precedent. Yep. Very dangerous precedent. And that's the big problem here.
0: And one thing that I've liked that's come out of this is the outrage about it. People are pissed.
1: Yeah, people are extremely pissed that this was pulled mm-hmm. um, because we're America. We don't negotiate with terrorists. You know, <laughs> uh, we don't do that for a reason, though. Yeah. And the reason is because next time somebody else is, you know, it's it this this sets a precedent. Mm-hmm. This sets a, a very stupid and dangerous precedent
0: over a stupid, dumb movie.
1: <laughs> um, I seriously could we could we at least do this over something like schindler's list you know we're talking about two stoners
0: i know it's a stoner flick that was actually getting horrible reviews and uh, now it's the most important movie of all time thanks a lot world
1: yeah and there were so many people that were going to go see this movie just to go say fuck you to whoever did it and they missed a, a a giant market opportunity in pulling this movie but also, and they, they should have kept it because they're going to need the money to fix all the damages that are going on because of this, because everybody's suing them now from ex-employees mm-hmm. to everybody. You know, um,
0: uh, unbelievably, I just got to throw this in because this is so bizarre for me to say or even think about or wrap my head around. The best idea in the world came from, your wait for it, Mitt Romney.
1: <laughs> you know, I didn't see what he said, but I saw a lot of people saying, I I feel very sick to my stomach about this because I'm about to retweet Mitt Romney. So what Uh did he say?
0: (laughs) Mitt Romney basically said, okay, Sony, you fucked up. But, well, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Mitt Romney didn't say Sony fucked up. Uh, Put it up on video on demand. Make it a $5 voluntary donation that goes to help fight Ebola. Let the entire world see it and put all the money to charity and say to hell with you guys. (laughs) It's a a genius idea.
1: It is, except it shouldn't go to Ebola. Well, um,
0: but pick a charity. Who cares?
1: Yeah, (laughs) uh, anything. Well, the charity at this point is going to be Sony because they're going to be the ones out panhandling on the street.
0: Sony is in deep, 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 deep trouble.
1: So, like I said, there's so much going on with this right now, and (laughs) it's it's just ridiculous. The the outrage from the public is what has surprised me the most, like you said, and Mm -hmm. I, I love it. (laughs) I love it. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm thrilled. It's one of the only good things that have come out of this. Um, friend of the show, Patrick Brown, actually uh, wrote on a comment that I had made when this was first breaking, because I was wondering why, you know, we're we're looking at different governmental organizations, and as you and I have talked about, we know that corporate security is is rarely the best; It tends to be full of holes. And I was like, well, why aren't people pointing their fingers at Sony's IT department? Uh, apparently, they are internally, but the uh, Sony's IT department hired their own lawyer and have brought proof that. These issues were, uh, known and, uh, not fixed due to budgetary constraints. Shocking.
1: Well, what I mentioned on the last show is the, the head of security said, why am I going to spend $10 million to fight a hack that it's going to cost us $1 million. Right. And that, that is such short sightedness, obviously. And he's the one that honestly should be set out the past year right now. And yeah. I, I I think of him as the goat in Jurassic Park for the T Rex.
0: <laughs> that's a good analogy. I like that a lot.
1: Because um, uh, he yeah he fucked up, and he by publicly saying that before, that's a bad thing. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's a
0: bad, bad thing. thing. <laughs> oh, that was so bad. Um, the other thing that I actually think that I, I'm trying to see this with with you know a, a positive outlook, and and I do see another one besides the fact that Americans that are actually pissed off about this happening. Um, there was some, Arthur C. Clarke, who was a huge science fiction writer, particularly, you know, for us old people, um, he used to, he did a story or he wrote a lot of nonfiction. He just do op-eds and things like that. And he used to talk about, this is the way pre-internet, he used to talk about how satellites were amazing because what they're going to do is allow there to be long distance calling for free, thus shrinking the world, thus bringing us all together, thus eroding national lines and making us all one people. I actually think that this is going to cause some of that to happen as well, because we are looking at an international conglomerate being hacked by a rogue nation, and then figuring out who's responsible, how do we protect ourselves? Is it the U.S. government's responsibility to, what about the Japanese government, since it's a Japanese corporation, where were these lines, where did they come in from? The whole concept of a nation-state is starting to erode when we look at things at this level, and I like that
1: too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the promise of the internet—is it brings us all together. <laughs> but I don't know. The the upside, at least for Sony, is that uh, the hackers have said they will not release any more data because it's scrapped the internet. So they win. Okay. Yeah. See, and <laughs> that's that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Can you? How can you trust somebody that just ripped you a new asshole?
0: Yeah, I you know? mean that's that's a bit like believing that the you know I don't know there are so many I'm not coming up I, horrible analogies just came to mind that I'm not actually going to say but you can't believe it. fucked me once, fucked me twice. I, that's
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is like this is like dealing with a drunk belligerent guy at a bar. He's like like I'm going to kick your ass, and then like two seconds later he's shaking your hand saying I'm sorry, bro, and Buy then and two seconds later yeah. he's like I'm going to kick your ass again. Yeah. You know? You, it, there's no trust here yeah and and we also don't know if this is true because this could be sony saving their own face again saying see we were right to pull it and we have no proof sure. it. yeah. it's it, it's all hearsay and <laughs> the whole thing just makes my head hurt yep but it, it is definitely a watershed moment and sony has handled it extraordinarily poorly
0: i agree even george clooney thinks so that's going around today about how he tried to get a petition around all of Hollywood to not give in and Sony wouldn't sign
1: it and blah 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 blah. No, it, it is a fuss. Uh, yep, big fan. So let's <laughs> let's move on to fun stuff. Okay. <laughs> uh the Pirate Bay has responded. Oh, I thought they were still shut down. No, they were back up within hours. Okay, good. Um just on a different domain, you know. Yes. We talked about that last week, but uh they, uh, they said, we have, however, taken this opportunity to give ourselves a break. How long are we supposed to keep going? To what end? We were a bit curious to see how the public would react. Well, the public just went and found a new tracker. So <laughs> that's how that worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think, it, I think this is the perfect opportunity for the Pirate Bay to bow out.
0: I think so, too. It's, uh, the Pirate Bay has been in this unique place where they're basically doing something horribly illegal, but uh, still managed to kind of have a high road. If they keep going any longer, the high road goes away.
1: I'm sorry, but what they're doing in my mind is still not illegal. They're a search engine. Right. That's all they are. They are the Google of yes, granted some illegal stuff. <laughs> I can I can find a torrent faster by going to Google than ah. I can by going to going to the Pirate Bay. I agree. I, I I guarantee you, hands down, if you if you give me a title and you want it for free, I can find it faster by going to Google than I can to the Pirate Bay because Google is the search engine of the illegal search engines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. That's how that works. And that was their that was their argument in court that we're not doing anything illegal. We're a search engine. We are not hosting illegal files. Period. Oh and, and they they got fucked on it.
0: And by the way, entertainment industry, um, part of the big problem is it's easier for us and quicker for us to find it illegally than it is to find it legally to watch these days.
1: Yeah. Well, unless you wanted to go see Annie or Fury or the other <laughs> Sony Leak movies. I'm just pissed at Sony because they remade Annie. I fucking hated the original. Why do you, why well, now do you, you have talk? two.
0: Now you have two versions to hate.
1: Yes, I do. <laughs> um, I just saw this this morning. It's a Wall Street Journal article: uh, cyber attack on German iron plant mm-hmm. causes widespread damage. And this is one of the first times a country has come out and said, "Look, we have we have proof of physical damage from a cyber attack." Right. They, these things have happened before, but people aren't owning up to it because the scatter people are very, you know, secretive about these kind of attacks because they don't want to spook anybody. Yeah. And But now, it's like, the cat's out of the bag. These guys need to seriously ramp up their security efforts. But what I want to know is, why the flying fuck is a control system for an iron furnace, not air gap? That's what I want to know. That is a very good
0: question. Apparently, the guy wanted to download a movie while he was working the
1: system. He was watching Annie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a big Russian malware uh, thing going around this week that's infecting uh, WordPress sites. Uh, keep, keep, it, keep your plugins updated. Well, this here's the here's the problem with this one. This isn't a plugin issue. Mm-hmm. It's it this this comes back to the Tim Thumb hack a long time ago. It's a it, the Tim Thumb hack was a library that people uh, embedded in their themes. Right. And the it was it, there was a giant hole in it, and people got hacked. I mean, way more than this hack. That one was way bigger, but. What, what it is, is it's a, this one is a gallery, a photo gallery plugin that lets you do carousels and shit like that. Right. That's embedded into themes and people weren't updating the themes. The company, or not company, probably four fucking zip based kids in a garage that made this, uh, this software, they patched their version, but everybody who had a theme that is using that version has not updated. So, and you know, you know how hard it is to get people to update their WordPress sites and themes. Or get people to pay you to do it. Yeah, and the plugins, <laughs> the, the plugin bits aren't even the hard part because plugins can be updated very easily.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Themes, on the other hand, yes. are where people do their most. Uh, that's like, okay, first rule of thumb never hack the core. You never hack the WordPress core, even though generally you have to. Yep. Uh, but with themes, there's always a, uh, a functions.php file in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody hacks that because that's where you do your hacking. Most of the time, when you do a theme update, that gets overwrote. Yep, overwritten. Whatever. Overwritten. Get, yep. It, it gets nuked. Well, um, and, and it, so that's why people don't update their themes very often because they've hacked them to do what they want them to do. So, a, a a piece of software embedded in a theme is a fucking terrible idea, and that's where this hack comes into play and why it's going to be hard to eradicate.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a real problem. I mean, I just speaking from my own personal experience. I've taken over sites uh, for other clients for these are sites I never designed, so I don't know the theme. It would take me at least, you know, a week to go through the theme to to figure out how it works to be able to do an update. So for some of these sites, I've been screaming at clients for a long time going, I need a budget to redo this, to upgrade things. It will break if I update it. I don't know how it will break because I didn't design this and you're not paying the person who did anymore. And we can't get him to come back and fix this.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. And WordPress themes are such a dark art because the entire WordPress system is so bass-ackwards. Yep. And, and, and like uh, uh, Rudy Jashan, our first guest on Grumpy Old Geeks, I, I, I still love his quote the best. He's like, what's up with WordPress? They really just like threw shit at the wall and see if it's stuck. <laughs> uh, and and uh, good on Rudy for that one because that, that sums up how WordPress works. And just doing anything in a theme, which I know from years of experience, but especially this week, I spent 36 hours working on theme shit. right? And it's, it's, a, it's a mess. And having code like this embedded in a theme instead of just having the user download a plugin package that they can use that will get auto-updated if you use the right software, is, you know, it's just irresponsible.
0: Right. Gotcha.
1: Sorry, I went on a little <laughs> long about that. I, I have some opinions on WordPress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your flying phone, Jason.
1: Oh, this is a great article on Motherboard. Uh, it's called The Dawn of the Flying Smartphone. <laughs> and I, I, I never even thought of this, but what they're, what they're basically saying is in the future, uh, personal drones that act like smartphones will likely become incredibly incredibly popular mm-hmm. uh, if governments will allow them to. But here's the thing about drones, you don't need a government to let you do it. Yeah, you, you, you just do it. <laughs> um, we have burner phones, right? Yep. Soon we will have burner drones.
0: Ah, look at you. I, did you get burner made, Did you get drone.com already? No, I just made that one up on the fly.
1: <laughs> but it's a really cool idea. It's like, okay, my, I send out my drone. It's got it's got you know cell capability, so it can make a phone call and upload their pictures on the fly instead of just being a Wi-Fi drone. I can send it out and I never need it back, as long as my fingerprints aren't on it. I scrubbed off the serial numbers. That's a one-use drone, and you know what's like two three hundred bucks. If you're if you're a stalker or like a assassin mm-hmm. and you're following somebody that's your target, that's a minimal cost. So I. I It's a really good article. I just, I recommend picking it up. Very cool. And and speaking of burner drones, (laughs) uh, my buddies over at burner, the iPhone app and Android app that do, uh, it's basically burner phone software on your phone where you can get a a disposable phone number to get texts. You know, you meet a chick at the bar, you think she's kind of sketchy, but you might want to hook up. You give her your burner number and delete it after a while. They had a great write up in the verge this week. So I recommend checking that out and definitely download the app. They were our first sponsor on grumpy old geek. So there's a little bit of of nepotism there, but uh, Greg Cohen is uh, the founder over there and he's an old buddy of mine and I love what he's doing. And and congrats to them. The the title of the article is burner phone. There's an app for that and it's earning (laughs) millions of dollars. So when, uh, when they were developing this, this was a pivot from their original idea and I was working with them in the same co working space over in silver Lake. So Right. I'm, proud of, I'm proud of Greg. I'm glad he's getting his, his due. Very cool. All right, man. That's, uh, <laughs> I think that's enough.
0: <laughs> that's enough. Unless I mean, we could go on for Sony for hours and hours, but we're done. We're done.
1: Media Candy. Brian. Jason. I sent you a uh, video to watch this week. Did you watch it? I did not. I sent you the... The Christmas episode of uh, Black Mirror.
0: I understand that you sent me the Christmas episode of Black Mirror, but you've also been telling me I need to start watching Black Mirror, and I have not had time to watch any episodes of Black Mirror yet, so I figured I should actually watch the show before just watching one particular episode. (sighs)
1: See, here's the problem. Black Mirror's episodes are one-offs. It's like the Twilight Zone. You can jump in anywhere.
0: That could have been communicated.
1: I said it on a goddamn show. You think I listen (laughs) to this stuff? (laughs) Apparently not. God. I, I I had uh I had my roommate ask me what is WhatsApp this week? I'm like, we only talked about it for six months on the damn show and you listen to every episode. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> nobody listens, nobody cares. <laughs> um so yes, the Black the Black Mirror <laughs> Christmas special came out this week and it was amazing. All right. Well here's I I'll pro- watch it tonight. I was gonna say, here's <laughs> the problem now, is that uh I would put a spoiler alert up, but uh I can't because I'm not going to spoil it. Oh, uh, okay. I watched I watched this show right before I went to bed, which was a stupid idea. Do not watch this right before you go to bed. Okay. The thing about Black Mirror is it's a it it deals with near future tech and the dystopian ways that things can go wrong. Hmm. And this one is, I think, one of the best of the bunch. The best episode of Black Mirror. Honestly, is the first episode. It's the most disturbing from season one. It is the it it sets the tone for the entire series. And all in all, it's solid all the way through. There are a few kind of weird ones, but for the most part, it's it just makes you think. It's like oh shit! It like takes technology to its logical conclusion where things go wrong, not right. where things go right, where things go wrong. <laughs> and this episode has John Hamm from Mad Men in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's amazing he plays a smarmy pickup artist of the future all right <laughs> and and just the way that they deal with technology and i'm and all i'm gonna say is you will never look at home automation the same way again after you see this episode because it is a mind fuck the way that they do home automation in the future on black mirror is just amazingly good i mean it's so solid it's I, just, I can't say anymore. You just have to watch it. Uh, if you're in Britain, it's already aired in the United States. It's going to air on DirecTV, I believe, December 27th. Check your local listings. Um, otherwise, I don't, I don't care if I'm promoting criminality. Go hit the backwaters of the internet. And find the fucking thing.
0: <laughs> this doesn't sound like the kind of thing I'm going to want to put on tonight as I'm wrapping presents. Oh, yeah. For you? Definitely. Okay. For yes. me, man. <laughs> for you.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Actually, I actually I wouldn't say while you're while you're wrapping presents because you need to watch it. You okay. need to pay attention to it. It's a, it's like a 90-minute episode. It's it's like a small movie. Well, I guess a, a 90 minutes would be an actual movie, not a small movie. <laughs> <laughs> what what constitutes a small movie?
0: Uh, <laughs> <Shit>. Anyways.
1: <laughs> anyways, yeah. This was this was the best thing I've seen in a long time. It 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 made me smile, it made me cry, and it gave me nightmares. <laughs>
0: All right, I'm gonna. I will watch it. I promise, I'll watch it. We'll discuss it after Christmas.
1: <laughs> okay. Um. And Slate put up the uh, best twenty five or the twenty five best podcast episodes ever.
0: Of course, they did because we have to talk about Serial.
1: Oh, uh, we have to have listicles, but Serial didn't win. All right. Mark Ma- Marin won for the or Louis
0: CK Race- one, which I actually listened to and I thought was a very good podcast episode.
1: Yes, it was. It was extremely good. Here's the interesting thing about the Slate article, though. Mm-hmm. I think that they're getting some uh, some love from SoundCloud because almost every single one of these episodes has a link to a SoundCloud download, and I know a lot of these people don't post their stuff to SoundCloud.
0: That is a bit interesting, isn't it? So I
1: think that's, this might be a self-selecting sample.
0: Right. Um, I went through the entire list. A lot of shows are ones that you've talked about. Uh, there's a lot of completely unknown things that I don't think either you or I knew, even knew existed. Uh, It was super nice to see that Ricky Gervais made it on there because his old podcast, which is the first podcast I ever listened to, was incredibly funny. And if nobody's gone back and listened to those, they are amazing.
1: Well, apparently everybody's gone back and listening to those because he hasn't put out an episode in years, and they're still taking up space on the iTunes top charts. So if you're listening to this Apple, get those old-ass shows out of the top charts, please. (laughs) They're taking up space for us newcomers. Mm -hmm. Bastards. Bastards. Um, I, I was kind of annoyed that Hardcore History got number five and, and Serial got number four because uh, they did pick Ghosts of the Ostfront, which is an amazing Hardcore History well episode being a multi-part episodic that lasts 18 gazillion hours, but uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I, I would have picked Thor's Angels, but uh, that's just me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love all the Hardcore History ones. I couldn't pick just one.
1: Here's the thing. I'm actually hoarding the new ones because he's got one more episode to come out, and I just I gotta wait because I know it takes three to four months between episodes, even though they're like three or four hours long. Yeah, I'm just waiting for this next one because that's gonna be a day. I'm just gonna listen to him for a day. I'm gonna I'm 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 literally gonna get in bed, pull up the covers, get some tea, maybe a hot toddy, and just listen to it straight through. (laughs) Exciting times at the DeFilippo house. That's pretty much every day, but
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> this is this is how we roll into bed with our podcasts. Yep. The web's not dead.
0: In the web not dead, I found the best thing ever. Particularly if you are one of those people that uh, doesn't mind pop culture, unlike our previous uh mentioned article at the very beginning of the show this is magnum pi versus han solo a sequence comparison done to the music of magnum pi if you have even slightly fond memories of that show or at least the soundtrack this is awesome and very funny the link is in the show notes it's a lovely youtube video good times
1: i i really enjoyed it the only <laughs> difference was the the magnum theme and and credits were an uncut thing and they did a super cut for han solo yeah but but they did match pretty well. They I, I really I really enjoyed it. And I loved how Higgins in Obi-Wan like, matched up. <laughs> yeah, that was genius. Yeah, I love me some Higgins, but he, the Obi-Wan was great. That was good
0: stuff. And because it is that time of year, it is Christmas time, and in my house that means the wife puts Love Actually on basically on repeat the entire month. Um, the Honest Trailers version of Love Actually is hilarious. We have the link to that in the YouTube. Or in the YouTube. We have the YouTube <laughs> link to that in the show notes. Uh, and there is an article uh, from Jezebel called I Rewatched Love Actually, and I'm Here to Ruin It for All of You by Lindy West. She is very angry at this movie, but it's very funny.
1: I'm going to have to read that. Yes, I, I have seen this movie multiple times because it does seem to be something that the ladies put on around this time of year. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: um, and it, I mean, I enjoy the movie. I have to say, I, I I don't mind it being on. First off, there's boobs and lots of them. Um it's cute, it's clever, but if you actually do start to pay attention to the plots, it is fucking disturbing. And the honest trailers <laughs> and the recap on Jezebel will spell that out for you in painful detail.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say boobs, Bebes. but uh, yeah, the honest trailer did kind of ruin it for me because I don't mind this movie. Yeah, uh, but now, now I do. Well, when, now, you, when you now it's creepy. When you
0: start to realize that every single relationship has fundamental creepy stalker esque flaws to it
1: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah really um have have your lady watch watch the honest trailer yeah. although she, although that might be why she likes it could be, could be. Don't, don't discount the creepy Feebs. closing shout outs
0: my closing shout outs going to go to matt kemp who has played for the la dodgers for basically forever and was always fun to watch and a great player uh he has been traded to the padres and this is why i just i fucking hate sports I, I got into the Dodgers last year hardcore. I went to a bunch of games. I was way into the team. And now they've traded away half the players that I really like, and I can't stand that.
1: Uh, sorry to hear that. Eh,
0: oh, well, whatever.
1: It's funny. I was talking to my dad at lunch yesterday, and there's was apparently uh, an ex-Cub that got traded away mm-hmm. and came back for a one-day contract. <laughs> he got a one-day contract with the Cubs so he could retire as a Cub.
0: See, the, that, that's got a bit of a beautiful symmetry to it. I mean, I just remember the days when we were young, since we are grumpy old geeks, players stuck around forever. There were lifers that played on teams, but now because of money and all that sort of stuff, it's just boom, 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 gone, gone, gone.
1: Well, they're like trading cards. It's, it's not up to them if they get traded. They no, get traded. You they're, know? It's like, they're, yeah. they're very highly paid chattel. <laughs> It'd be interesting if we did that in tech. You know, it's <laughs> like the, he, the head programmer for Facebook comes in one day and he's like, Eh, sorry. Uh, we traded you to Apple for uh, you know, <laughs> two hundred fifty million in stock and a Ferrari. Uh, you're out of here. You're out. Go, you're out. You're over to Cupertino now. <laughs> Suck it.
0: They <laughs> yeah, have to wear uniforms. It'd be great.
1: <laughs> okay, so uh, I want to do my closing shout out uh, with a little self promotion. Okay, we just we just finished our last episode of the year for Does It Have Legs? We did Big Trouble in Little China, which I've never seen. I and- was
0: just at a holiday party that Kurt
1: Russell was at. You are shitting me. Nope. You met Kurt Russell? <laughs> I did. Oh, you <laughs> bastard. That is cool. It was cool. I,
0: and, you know, like uh, my buddy was just thinking about Escape from uh, New York and I was like,
1: big trouble in Little China. Yep. yep. Yeah. Escape from New York's on our list for next year because I, I don't care for that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, in exchange for, for watching Escape from New York, I'm going to make Mike watch Die Hard, which he hates. So <laughs> we're, 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 it's a hate trade. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, we're, this uh, episode is going to come out later today. So by the time you hear this, it should be on, available on the interwebs. Check it out. I still love doing that show. We have a good time. We hit no traffic. So that's why I'm doing the shameless self. Good job. Go, go listen to his show. Music for Grumpy Old Geeks is provided by Among Us. Find them on iTunes and Spotify. We are hosted by Libsyn. Use the coupon code GOG while signing up and receive up to two months free. If you'd like to help support the show and keep the lights on, you can donate on our website at grumpyoldgeeks.com. You can also leave us voicemail, comments, or questions by using the soon-to-be-defunct speak speak pipe widget in the (laughs) side. On social media, you can find us at facebook.com slash grumpyoldgeeks or twitter.com slash GOGpodcast. You can also get our iPhone app at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iPhone. And, as always, we appreciate your iTunes ratings and reviews. Show notes for this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 89.
0: Bob's your drunken Christmas uncle who only wants to talk politics and religion. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy
1: buys the beer. We're driving to Florida!